0: The main idea is really just orientation, reconnaissance, learning about the environment, the people, the current status of ongoing efforts and concerns.
1: Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Go. This is your host, Jeff Tun. One of the themes we've been exploring this year on Status Go is the CIO's first 30 days. The first few days in a CIO's tenure can have a dramatic impact on their success. Today, I am delighted to have as my guest, Gary Kern. Gary is the new CIO of the Middlefield Bank Company of Middlefield, Ohio. At the time of our conversation, Gary is just wrapping up his first 30 days after having been CIO in his previous role for 15 years. Welcome to the show, Gary.
0: <laughs> thanks. Thanks for the welcome, Jeff. It's uh, it's certainly been a hectic last few weeks, but uh, I'm glad to share any experiences and transition tips that I can if it's going to help other people. So,
1: Well, Gary, let's get started right there. What's it been like? for you to be starting a new
0: position after being with Mutual Bank for 15 years? Well, I i mean, Mutual Bank was in, in my hometown, so it certainly was nothing I anticipated. So it's been a little strange. It's also been a long time since I've been a new employee at all, and having having the perspective of of no one having any idea what I did last year, and any idea of my quote reputation, good mm-hmm. or bad is is kind of interesting to jump into, um, certainly the acquisition of my old bank and and the process of me and and some of my coworkers. Uh, being told that we had the privilege of taking our talents elsewhere was, was a bit depressing, as you could imagine. Mm-hmm. But uh, in some ways, it has been a bit invigorating. You know, there's, there's some energy from, you know, kind of changing things up. As you mentioned, I've been there 15 years and in retrospect, I'd been doing kind of the same stuff at the same place for a long time and and changing things up is probably as helpful as anything to get off autopilot. So I think the change is probably a good thing no matter how it came about. So I'm excited.
1: Well, that is a great perspective because uh, sometimes that change is just what we need to uh, put a little pep in the step and look at things differently. So let's dig into your first 30 days. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention to our audience that we're recording this in the midst of the stay-at-home, work-from-home restrictions placed on the economy in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, So that puts some interesting twists on things. And while we're not going to spend a lot of time talking COVID, I think that's a great perspective to have. So Gary, talk us through these first 30 days. What's been your focus
0: well, I mean, certainly due to the nature of the type of of job change, I knew things were going to need to change up well before they did. Yeah, you know, I had about six months' notice of of my last days at the bank, mm-hmm. so I I did some research on while I still had access to tools at at Mutual Bank to research through Gartner or Infotech or even just Google to you know look for best practices for the first 30 days the first 60 days 90 100 there's a lot of stuff out there from those groups and from CIO mag and some other stuff i mean there it's it's really in retrospect it's not rocket science especially the first 30 days the the main idea is really just orientation reconnaissance learning about the environment the people the current status of ongoing efforts and concerns so as I've started I've tried to you know I'm just trying to be a sponge and but yet I'm also trying to to add value as I can with you know I'm kind of the new guy looking at things we've always done that way for, with a mm-hmm. new perspective so I've tried to tactfully insert some opinions and add some value where I feel like I can and where maybe I have some some previous experience, um, I was very blessed with nothing really being broken when I got here and needing immediate, you know, fix or attention. So my my plan has been a little bit to get as comfortable as I can before, you know, any of those Gary led type changes. I have a, a notebook that I have, you know, probably a whole page of items and and things that I want to get to that I want to figure out how to address, but I'm waiting to kind of evaluate my assumptions and making sure that, okay, well, my first impression is true, false, or somewhere in between.
1: That's a great approach. It's almost like journaling, right? Where you can then go back and reread it and say, hey, I had that assumption. Uh, Now that I've been here for some time, does it still play out? And I loved your comment about new guy. I always loved it when I walked into a new uh, organization, because you've got the the new guy card for a little bit, the new person card that you can play, right? Until it expires.
0: (laughs) I'm certainly not reluctant to play that card and and try to get by with, well, I'm on honeymoon. You'll give me a break there, won't you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what's been unexpected as you stepped into this new role?
0: Well, I mean, obviously I'd been a CIO at a bank for a lot of years, so there's there 's not a lot in coming from one community bank to another community bank from one cio role to another cio role there 's not a lot of job expectation disconnects, mm-hmm. but I guess you know what has struck me is how how dependent we are on tools to do those jobs now and the background of trying to get up to speed on those things you know on, on several occasions i 've had to request access to a tool. That was expected that I would needed to use to do my job, but there's really no formal training on, you know, you have compliance tools, you have regulatory tools, you have training, you have, you know, even just email spam filters or other things that there's really very little formal training on. In fact, sometimes you don't even get set up right. And especially with a role like a CIO, it's not something they allow access or define access very often for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, certainly the spe- specificity of that role, you know, I, I'm digging into things and people are assuming I have access or assuming I know how to do something. And I got to kind of slow them down and say, whoa whoa wait, wait, you, you're talking about a track tool or you're talking about a, a vendor vendor point. I got to get access. I got to get trained on that tool. And then I got to go find the things that I'm already behind on. Yeah, so that yeah. was a little bit, a little bit, you know, before it was always just on paper, you had to go out, you know. But I'm even finding, you know, file shares on the server where people think I have access to a certain folder. And I say, well, I'm not seeing that. And so I've I've gotten to the point where I've just taken screenshots of okay well here's the folders I see in the the group drive uh-huh. oh well you're miss you're missing the board of director folder or you need the it you know steering committee folder well yeah I think I do yeah, right, I just access. didn't know to yeah I didn't know to ask for it so it, it's <laughs> uh, there's some of that I don't know what I don't know and I'm mm-hmm. trying to be very transparent on okay well. Do I have the access you are, you're assuming I have? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, there's there, I may find something next month that I still don't have access. That people thought well, I thought you would have had that day one. Well, yeah, but there's not a process to give me access that's day true. one. Yeah. And so that that that's probably been something that I didn't really expect because it's it's just kind of the meta job. Yeah. It's not really doing the job. It's doing the things that are required to get the job done.
1: But it's funny sometimes. I can remember joining organizations and going through new employee orientation, and they just completely skip the quote unquote tech training because. Oh, you're the CIO. You don't need to know how to access the the group share. Well, yeah, I need to know where it is and what it's called.
0: <laughs> right. Well, yeah. and, and in, as you mentioned earlier, certainly within the, we're in the pandemic here, and most of my IT team hasn't been in the, the office for me to even ask them how to scan things from the, the copier. Yeah. It's like, you know, I waited for somebody to come in the office and figured, well, I'll just take a picture of it with my phone for now. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff that it's yeah. like... Yeah oh, well, you need to get set up on that. We didn't set you up yet. And it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'm glad you came in.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you for giving me access to that or showing me where that is. Yeah, 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 exactly. So can we dig into your job search and relocation a little bit? It had to be a bit surreal given social distancing. But even when we move into whatever our new normal is going to be, Virtual interviewing and the like may be with us for a long time. What was the experience like for you?
0: Well, I mean, I, I started pre-pandemic, so you know I got you know the LinkedIn brushed up, I, I uh, kind of activated my social real world networks and, and started that way. But you know as, as we started making the first significant contacts with employers, certainly initially that first round was you know is almost always just a phone call but second and third rounds were now becoming phone calls or videos i've got introduced for the first time to a video tool where they pop up a question you get one minute to think of an answer and then you get two minutes to record your answer oh, wow. just in front of your cell phone and it's like you're not talking to anybody there's no feedback there's you know so it's a it is a little bit surreal yeah, to, it, yeah. and discombobulating when you're i'm a person that you know i I try to gauge my audience and okay well hey oh it looks like they they really think i'm going off on a tangent here let me try to reel it in or something but yeah i'm staring at myself staring at myself you know recording words that i'm trying to answer for what i think they want to hear right, right. so you know being a people-centric technology person you know not getting that interaction was was kind of hard on me. I did eventually visit employers. You know, when you're getting down to that finalist, I was finalist for several positions. Uh, But even then it was that, well, you come in and you, well, should I offer my elbow to bump or should I, (laughs) you know, fist bump or, you know, I've got a mask on, but he doesn't. Should I take my mask off or, oh, he's struggling to get his mask now. And there's just that awkwardness that nobody's really sure what to do and what's the new norm
1: yeah, yeah you
0: know even when you're thinking you know don't shake hands don't shake hands your reflex is okay well i'm getting up to leave i'm going to reach out and shake hands
1: exactly, exactly. Oh, wait, yep. yeah
0: <laughs> and then you look awkward just doing that so it's at least it's Both parties are, are kind of doing that. So there's some bit of icebreaker, Yeah, you know, you could use the pandemic as an icebreaker, but it is different. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to be different for most of this year, if not longer.
1: Oh yeah. I I think it's kind of replaced the, Hey, how's the weather comment for the idle Mm -hmm. chit chat at the beginning of a conversation. Right.
0: I certainly would try to leverage whenever I was like, oh, wait, I, I reached I, then I'd kind of laugh it off or you, we'd do something and they'd obviously come back with something too. But yeah, so I think you're right. It is just kind of the, okay, well, we know we're both awkward. Let's talk about it. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, hey, when we were talking earlier, uh, you shared an interesting coincidence that you encountered during your search. I don't think I'd ever heard of this happening before, but losing out on a position and then, landing your role with middlefield can can you share that story with us
0: well, yeah, like i said i was I was a finalist for several roles, in fact, my first finalist. <laughs> I sound like an Olympian or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, my my first finals was uh, at another bank in Ohio. And intrinsically, I kind of felt like, well, I, you know, really from what they're talking about, I'm a perfect fit for them. But then also I was having that self-discussion that uh, I'm not sure about the area and their culture, whether mm-hmm. that's a great fit, but certainly I, I'm going to be looking for a role and I know something at my level is going to be hard. So I had all that internal dialogue going, yeah, but yeah you know then you get to the point of they call me and it's like oh but I'm second place and if you're not first you're last right, and, right. and so you know that was kind of hard to take but I was early in the job search I got to the point where I I was actually the finalist for two more jobs one in Iowa one back here at Middlefield Um, And then when I came out to Middlefield to interview for the job, the the CIO that was exiting was still here and part of that interview process. Hmm. And she had mentioned that, well, her husband works on the other side of the state and she took another job at another bank over there which just happened to be the bank that I was the, the second place runner for. So that was kind of a, a real, you know, we had some really interesting discussions about that.
1: yeah And then
0: when Middlefield gave me the offer, you know, we, I, I've actually connected with her pretty well on, on LinkedIn and, and through, you know, networking out. Outside of here, she's you know three hours away, but still in the state of Ohio. And we've we've shared some emails and LinkedIn chats and other stuff. And we're we've already talked about meeting up when we get to the community bankers association meetings right. in the state of ohio or cio meetings in cleveland or something in fact i i had to ship her shoes to her that she left <laughs> under the desk here to to farmers and merchants so uh-huh. it's a it was an interesting yeah ironic twist but i actually think I'm a better fit for here at Middlefield than I would have been at the other bank on the other side of the state. So uh, it was, it was quite the, (laughs) quite the irony. So, yes.
1: So what makes it a better fit? I'm just, I'm just curious because I think that might help some of our listeners who may be in transition. What are you identifying as a better fit?
0: Well, I think the culture, I mean, the people here, they're not drastically different from those over that I was talking to, but Mm -hmm. they seem a little more casual, which matches my style. Mm -hmm. Also, the living area. I've been around for a while, so the living location was going to be important to us my wife's from ohio so ohio was was on our list mm-hmm. but the first bank was out in the middle of almost a farm field okay. and there was really nothing to do nearby you know it was yeah. an hour to yeah. a decent sized city middlefield is just on the outskirts of cleveland there's a lot of 15,000 person <laughs> cities in the area and you're 30 minutes from the beltway of Cleveland. There's a lot going on. And so trying to have something to do and get indoctrinated to an area seems a lot easier here. And it's a little closer to my wife's family as well, rather than, you know, having to, you know, the only option was a city that had a population of 5,000. Yeah. And, you know, how do you get yourself ingrained in the community there when there's, not theater, there's not sports, there's not other things going on that you meet people at.
1: Right. <laughs> if
0: you're right. if you're from there, you're a very tight knit community. But if you're not from there, it's kinda hard to break that hard to that, break uh, in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes,
0: and and with her having family out there, I think you know her husband had a job that was going to be on that side of the state. So I think it's a good fit for her, but she still kind of laments the culture back here. So I yeah, I think I won out on that deal. So I'm okay <laughs> with that. Well,
1: you you kind of touched on on this. You had several offers, some of which you lost out on, obviously, uh, and that has to make it difficult to keep yourself motivated because you could have easily become dejected by the rejection of losing out on oh, that yeah. job or some of the others. <laughs> How did you keep yourself motivated?
0: That's it's sometimes hard. I mean, I, you know, this isn't my first time through this rodeo, you know, and I know that that sometimes the no's lead to better yeses, Uh, But in the heat of the moment, all you know is you got rejected or Mm -hmm. all you know is that, you know, I didn't deserve to be in a job situation because everybody said I was doing great, but it was circumstances out of my control. So there are certainly ups and downs in this process, but I just tried to keep doing something every day and then also trying to do things that I enjoyed every day, you know, walking my dogs or, you know, trying to play golf or trying to play tennis. But even with the COVID that got hard, but so, you know, or allowing myself to sleep in or whatever. So those, you try to balance, let's, let me do a little bit of something for the job search every day, at least let me have some focus days and then let me have some off days. Uh, But then I also got involved in a couple good Indianapolis area, uh, job networking groups, job search groups. Uh, There's a passport to employment group. Mm -hmm. that uh, Earl Hart runs. And then there's a Dale Henshaw has the networking group. Both of them are people that are in the same boat. You are all looking for jobs and you're sharing ideas uh, Dale's even written a book on job search stuff. So that you know, there's tactics. Hey, should I write a newsletter to all of my my family and friends that are interested in helping me? Or or hey, sh- you know, how should I follow up on stuff? Or how should I write my cover letter? Or what's the current thinking about using LinkedIn versus Indeed versus yep. career Builder? You know, all those stuff we would talk about on a weekly basis, and it kind of helps you stay in touch with. Hey, this worked for that person. Maybe I should try that that's a that's kind of an interesting technique a t type cover letter where you have job requirements, and then on the other side you have well here's what i I've done that kind of matches what you've oh, said yeah. your requirements are yeah. that's kind of a neat idea, or the newsletter thing which hey i I've had several people that have offered to help. Well, I'm going to give them an update on where I am and let them know that I'm still looking. Yeah. So, you know, each time I set out a newsletter, I would receive some additional assistance. So I allowed myself to focus on stuff. I allowed myself to kind of be depressed a day or two. But then I would also focus on, hey, well, I've got to at least spend a little bit time on this stuff and those those networking groups kind of are accountability groups as well. They, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, there was kind of an assignment for this week to share your, your cover letter revision. Maybe I should do that. Yeah. You know, whereas if it was, if it was just by me, me pushing me, I may not have done that. So I, I think you just got to let yourself deal with the situation as you th- see fit and enjoy the downtime, but it also figure out, okay, well, here's my focus time and here's how I'm going to focus that time. Yeah.
1: I think those networking groups, the job seekers networking groups are so important. They're such a huge part of any professional's job search strategy to meet with those groups and learn from each other gives you that feeling that, hey, you're not in this alone. So I know I took us down a bit of a rabbit hole in talking about the search and, and digging into that deeply, but I just think given the current economic situation there are going to be a lot of professionals facing a job search. This should be another theme we need to explore here on Status Go. But I, I want to get back to today. And one of the things that we talked about in our prep meeting was the diverse customer base you have with Middlefield. Share with us a bit about that diversity and how you're thinking that's going to shape and drive your technology plan and transformation.
0: Yeah, that is a, a bit unique. I mean, everybody knows that in the banking world, fewer and fewer people are going to branches and more and more people just want to do the electronic bank transactions on their phone or online or, or wherever that is. You know, so that's that's kind of been the, the big bank picture. Well, Middlefield Bank, the headquarters of that is in Middlefield, is right in the heart of the fourth largest Amish settlement in the world according to the sign that I've seen on the outskirts of town. <laughs> so if you think about the digital transformation of banks, you have to remember that you know all of our Amish customers that we have buggy parking right outside my window, mm-hmm. um, they're not too keen on what your online tools look like or your mobile banking or whatever. And and so while many bank branches across the country are, are experiencing these big downticks and customers even coming in the front doors,
1: mm-hmm.
0: our branches that are in the heavy Amish areas are seeing the opposite. But the future customer base are those that want the digital tools. Right. We can't ignore as much. As maybe other banks are doing, you know, I, I won't say they're ignoring it, but it's certainly not the priority. The digital has the priority right. for everybody. But we we have to put more effort into the the in-person type stuff than maybe we would have if we weren't in another area. So I, you know, I came into this role just assuming that, okay, well branch traffic is probably decreasing. So, you know, why are we doing this? Oh, and right. I'll bring this up. And very quickly people <laughs> said, Oh no, <laughs> no, no, no. You know, especially these four branches of ours there, you know, even during the COVID stuff, we had people waiting for us to open our, our drive-through so they could walk through.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Or I have seen some of the Amish customers using ATMs, but I've also seen a lot of vans coming in and bringing the the Amish workers in, or the buggies, or whatever, and the lobby's always full. Yeah, and yeah. that's an, an interesting perspective to try to balance that a little bit more than than I had thought of in my other
1: role. Well, I think in this day and age, where we talk about digital transformation so much, and it's all about the customer experience, it's a great reminder. That it is the customer experience and you have to meet the customer where they are and they may not Mm -hmm. be online. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As we've discussed on this show before, the nature of work is changing rapidly. You started this role when everybody was a remote worker. What lessons did you learn from that experience that you will carry forward into the new normal when probably we all will be managing more remote workers than we were?
0: Yeah. I mean, as I, as I said, you know, my first two, my first two whole weeks here, I was the only person in the it portion of the office. You know, I had to have multiple, you know, jabber chats or WebEx and zoom videos. We, you know, our first team meeting was on zoom and we have WebEx internally and, you know, all of those tools are becoming more important. I've certainly shared a lot of emails and, and all that stuff even before anybody saw me in person. Um, that's not going to change dramatically, you know, before the exception was people getting to work at home once every once in a while. Now the exception is, okay, well, when can we get people to come into the the office office So that they can actually, you know, do different things. And again, in IT, you don't have to be in the office very often, if you know, if things are running well. So that horse is out of the barn. Right. And so I think whatever the IT team does going forward is going to be a hybrid, and it's it's probably going to be more work at home days than work in the office days. And and that's a, that's a big change. That's a big culture change for community banks, especially because it's all about people and community, and that's just how we work. And you know, it's, it's very hard for people not to be here. Well, we've kind of proven that it's not that hard. And so some of my thought process during the new, the new guy term, my honeymoon here was that, well, I am dealing remotely with my team who doesn't know me. I am a guy and and you've probably picked that up that I like to work with humor Mm -hmm. and sarcasm and, but that doesn't play well as well in the virtual world as it does in the real world. And I've, tried to be very cognizant of that because I realize, you know, I've done some emotional intelligence training and stuff, you know, sometimes that stuff gets misinterpreted and it's, you know, Oh, well, I intended this to be a joke. Well, in an email, it doesn't look like a joke, right? You know, so it can be misinterpreted easy easily if you're not dealing face to face. So I've tried to be very careful in how I come across and maybe shorter, comments than I would normally do or but over time I've learned that this the group that I've inherited is, is very accepting of humor they they deal with each other in a you know their jabber chats they'll dive off into you know tangents that are about star trek or you know whoever and uh, I'm slowly integrating that back in but you know I was trying to be very careful with both them and my peers on the executive team you know my my first executive team meeting That we had was in person. I think it's the first time they met in person in three months. Mm -hmm. And it was basically to welcome me, but it had social distancing rules in place and everybody was in a different corner of the Mm boardroom. Half the people had masks on and there was, you know, the Perel in the middle of the table. And it's hard to get used to something like that as the normal thing. Right. Especially when you're trying to introduce yourself to a new culture or a new environment. You want to joke, you want to be with people, you want to get that personal interaction and kind of get over that that new person curve, but it's harder when you don't get to see people.
1: Well, and I think it was very uh, wise of you to to kind of sense that going in, because the, our natural tendency is we want to be ourselves. That we, and if if you are someone that's used to humor and used to sarcasm, trying to reduce that it can be difficult. But I think I think you, played, <laughs> yes. you took some great some great steps <laughs> in that because it's it's easier to insert it later uh, than right. than walk it back. <laughs>
0: Right. and I won't say that I was perfect at it but I, you know again I tried to downplay it as much as I could you know intentionally I'm sur- sure there was some things that came out unintentionally or just mm-hmm. out of habit, but so far I don't think any of those sent us off in a bad tangent.
1: That's so. good. That's good. Gary, this has been a great conversation and I really appreciate your willingness to carve out some time because I know you're in the midst of drinking from the proverbial fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh,
0: yes. Before
1: sir. we wrap, I'd love to ask you for a call to action. What's one thing or perhaps two things our audience should do differently tomorrow because they listened to us today.
0: To me, it's it's kind of back to that m- meta environment. Think about what you're entering into and how you want to enter into it. It's, it's not only what you want to do as a new leader, but how how it may or or can be done where you're going in the environment that you're in, you know, Mm -hmm. be it a a COVID environment or Amish country or whatever. Right. And also be aware and accepting of the new norms and and look for the advantages you can provide as the new guy perspective Mm -hmm. and how you can, can add value quickly while also trying to, as you said, drink from the fire hose and take in as much information as you can.
1: I love that advice, especially the uh, trying to look for advantages in the new norms, because uh, whether you're starting a new position or you've been in that role, the norms are different now for, for the yes. foreseeable future. And looking for ways to take advantage of those is the right approach. So, Gary, I cannot thank you enough for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, I know your, your schedule is crazy busy, and I appreciate the time so much.
0: Yeah, I'm leaving here to meet my wife at our new house. We're going to buy pizza and eat on the floor. Well,
1: there you go. So. <laughs> <laughs> have a great celebration. Uh,
0: All right. Well, thank you, sir.
1: To our listeners out there, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Gary Kern. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.